Thanks for taking part of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. And Clark.com is our main website. Coming up in just a few minutes, oh man, the claims about what these herbal remedies and dietary supplements can do. Wait till you hear some of the outlandish stuff that's been exposed by the feds just recently. And later, I want to talk about simple things you can do, linear things you can do, to protect your identity, protect your information online. So Visa MasterCard, the, what I call the Visa MasterCard cartel, somehow magically at the same time decided they're going to raise fees again. And they're going to just eat up retailers, restaurants, any kind of merchants with massive fee increases for accepting Visas and MasterCards. Everything Visa and MasterCard have been up to is trying to get you and me to never think of using or carrying cash and put the cartel into a position where they can impose whatever fees they want onto any restaurant you eat at, any place you shop, anything you do where you would use plastic. So this is setting up a Donnybrook. I mean, a serious struggle where we in the United States are paying what appear to be by far the highest fees in the world to use credit cards because the price fixing that Visa and MasterCard engage in. So the merchants are all upset, and it's hard for you and me as consumers to see where we fit in this. Well, let me tell you how it's playing. If you are a high-volume charger on credit cards, the fact that the fees that merchants are paying, retailers and restaurants and whoever else are paying, is something that is not significant in your life. Because if you are a high-volume charger and you're using reward cards for everything you do and you're getting... Uh, free this, free that, free the other out of it, free cash, whatever it is, you are the beneficiary of what's going on with the actions of the Visa MasterCard cartel. On the other hand, most people are not charging the kind of volume that makes it worthwhile for you to have a reward card. You're not charging enough where, based on your income, that any of those things would ever be worth paying the annual fee for and all that. So you're the one who gets squeezed by this because the stores are left in a position and the restaurants where it becomes a large embedded cost for them along with rent and labor and all that. And for many businesses it may be their second largest expense now, what they're paying to the cartel. So you are the one who ends up having that cost passed on to you. Now, what I am hoping is that the price gap for retailers and restaurants is becoming so large that businesses will move to cash discounts or in states that permit a surcharge for using the credit card. Because that would be the great leveler, and you would decide 
if it's worth it. So I use reward cards, and I have an unusual situation that the power company that I pay my electric bill to, you can use a credit card, but it's $2.25. It's just flat rate two twenty-five. dollars Well, I've computed that it's much better for me to get the rewards that come with the card and pay the two twenty-five. But that's the point, really, is that it should be free marketed. And if Visa and MasterCard want to charge a business these massive fees, then the business should be able to then in turn say, well, yeah, we're happy for you to use the plastic, but this is what it costs extra. And that you're then making a choice. Is it worth it using the plastic or is it not? Because let me tell you, that cost is there. And you want to know who's getting hurt the worst? It's the cash buyers. Anybody pays cash for something? Because you're being hit with the massive costs that are from the price fixing, and you're getting no benefit from it at all. So we'll see how this plays over time. But I think these fees are so huge that it'll actually show up in inflation statistics Say that three times. Why do I have so much trouble when somebody has multiple syllables put next to another word with multiple syllables? Inflation statistics later this year as businesses, in order to maintain their profit margins, are going to have to raise prices because of these fee increases. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bob. Hello, Clark. How are you? I've listened to you for years, and I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you here. You got a question about your home. Tell me. Well, um, it's a, it's going to be a, a new buy. I'm looking for a uh, a mortgage home loan. Uh, I don't like the word shopping, but I ask what I'm trying to do. You know, I was been been in construction where you get three prices, and you try to you know get apples to apples and go with the best one. Right. And, and I don't want to call, uh, if I go to my banker and use and talk to them, and then I find something better, I feel bad that I use my banker. And then right. if, I, if I, I'm trying not to get reeled into the first person, the first person wants your, your social. So uh, how do you get apples to apples? And, you know, then somebody says, well, we got something with zero origination fee. And, and so I'm, I am shopping for a loan. And I didn't, you know, I got these online numbers you can call. And sure. I'm talking to one of those now. So if the transaction is a pretty simple one, if there's not any real complications to it, you can, with buying a home, do it with an online lender. But I have a bias towards you dealing with a human. And most people, when they're buying a place, only go to one lender. And then they're only going to quote you their retail. But it's a highly competitive market. And what I'd like for you to do is it's no problem at all when everybody pulls your credit, which I should address since you brought that up front. When you're applying for a mortgage, all applications in uh, what's typically looked at as a one-month period are treated as one application. Okay. So you can go to as many people as you want, and it'll still only be one inquiry on your credit. And the reason for that is nobody thinks you're buying 
eight homes at once or six homes at once or 12 homes at once. And that's why you can give that, but you want to do your searching for a lender in a restricted time period. Try to do it all in two weeks. Okay. So I'll tell you my go-tos. You have a bank you do business with? Go to yeah. them. They're so okay. busy, they're not going to remember you didn't use them for the loan. Get a quote right. from them. Do you have a credit union? Uh, yes. I've, I've, I, you'd like, you have like credit unions, and I put some money in there. It hasn't turned out. I'm not making any money on it, but yes, I do have one. The reason is credit unions used to not be important in mortgage lending, and they are very important now and tend to significantly, on average, undercut what you'd get from a bank. Okay. But that's okay. not enough. I would go to your bank, go to your credit union, and I'd do at least one other, which would be a mortgage broker. Okay. Often uh, referred to interchangeably as mortgage broker or mortgage banker, but they're actually different than each other. But the idea uh, is they can... I have one of those also. You know about that? You no, know, I have a, a person I've dealt with before, a mortgage broker, but I didn't want to you know, go to them and you know use them and not... And, and for their information and not use them. So That's okay. They Again, they have that every day. So as a minimum in your case, if you did those three, which you'd be doing locally, it'd be the bank you do business with, that credit union you don't do a lot with, and the mortgage broker you used before, that's going to put them into competition with each other and be of advantage to you. But the thing you mentioned about this one has no points and whatever, what I recommend is you do a simple grid. You do the interest rate they're quoting you for the loan term, what closing costs they're going to be as a second category, and then the third is what points they're going to charge you. And base which one is actually your lowest cost based on the first 30 months of that loan. Who's the cheapest when you add together those expenses for the first two and a half years, you'd be in that loan, in that home. And that's as scientific as I can give you who you should go with for that loan. And I'm so glad you're going to shop around. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Clark. Good afternoon. How are you? Great. Thank you, Robert. Oh, boy. You're going to ask me a question that's a little outside of my area of expertise. Hit me with it. Well, um, you're uh, wise in many ways, so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, so my daughter, who is 18, um, wants to get a tattoo, and um, it's for a good reason. Um, she, both her grandfathers passed away from cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. And, um, well, thank you. Um, she wants to get a small cancer ribbon tattoo on her, um, on her ankle just to remember them by. And, uh, you know, I'm supportive of her wishes, and I think it's kind of sweet that she wants to do that. Um, she was very close to both of them, uh, but she's my baby girl. And um, I'm concerned with I want to make sure she has a positive experience. And also, you know, wherever she goes is medically safe. So I wanted to get your advice on how do I do a background check or what thoughts you might have on this front. Well, actually, uh, I'm looking across at producer Kim who I can see one of your tattoos right there. Hi, Robert. How many do you have, do you say? Um, I have one on my wrist, one on my shoulder, and then kind of a collage on my back that's been a bunch of pieces over the years. So uh, you have me with no knowledge and Kim, who's 
as close to an expert as you could be. So why don't I defer this to Kim? All right. Well, Robert. This is the Kim show now. Oh, yay. Robert, (laughs) this advice really is very similar to how Clark would teach you to shop for like a lot of service professionals. So a lot of it's just common sense. But I would love for you to start with just a Google search and find tattoo parlors in your area. And I want them to be relatively close to you. Because if there's a problem, I don't want distance to be a deterrent for you going back and talking to someone. So find some ones that are close to you that get 4.5 stars or higher with at least over 30 reviews and put them on a list. So once you have that list, I would look up those tattoo shops or have your daughter look up those tattoo shops on Instagram and start following them. So she can get a good feel for the type of work that they're doing And she can start to get to know some of the tattoo artists' names because you don't want to just go into a parlor. You want to go in and ask for a specific artist, right? Because there's going to be different quality of work from different artists who are there. So start following different artists, find one that you really like. And then after she's found one that she really likes, I would advise you and her to go together to the shop and just get a feel for it. And any shop that's worth their salt is going to be happy to have you there to talk to you to try to make you feel more comfortable and if you walk into a place and they're like why are you here we don't want to talk to you before we're doing work then leave that's not your place but if you find a place that you like the work they're doing on instagram they get really good ratings you walk into the shop and you feel comfortable you should be good great how about that? You did come to the right place. I wouldn't have thought you'd came to the right place at all to find out about tattoos, but we have such expertise here. Well, thank you. This is the first episode of the Kim Show, I believe. How about that? <laughs> no, actually, Kim's, Kim's been a podcaster for years, so I hope that that helps, and uh, I hope it's not too much pain for your uh, daughter on her ankle. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about people taking advantage of people's fear and their desperation. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. Recently, I told you about an FDA warning about problems with so many herbal remedies and dietary supplements having ingredients in them they weren't supposed to have or not list on the label, claiming they treated things that they didn't actually treat. Well, now there's a new special advisory from the FDA about con artists selling stuff every possible way, but mostly on the internet, claiming they have the cure for Alzheimer's. These scamsters have medicines that, I mean, if you're lucky, they just don't do anything. But others may, in fact, cost you your life because of the way they'll interact, the, the, the products, the chemicals in them, the way they interact with meds that someone may already be taking. You know, there are now some meds that have shown some promise in being able to be of some help with various forms of dementia. But the things that are being pitched as dietary supplements and herbal remedies, it's just baloney. And I want you to know that 
when somebody says they can reverse the decline or that they can actually cure it or that they can cut the risk, these are all things the FDA is warning about with people saying that the things that they're selling as herbal remedies or dietary supplements are going to do these miraculous things. Know that it is a big fat lie and that it's the kind of thing that you go see a gerontologist about, a specialist in the medicine of the aging, to see if there are things that you actually can do that are legit. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to keep more of what you make. So there have been a number of stories recently based on all the electronic devices we're bringing into our lives, creating new targets for hackers. We've got the video doorbells. We've got the cameras. We've got, if you've got a baby, you got the baby monitors. you got um, the oldest thing of the modern era, Wi-Fi in your home. So many things going on. Criminals trying to put viruses on your phone, your laptop, whatever devices you have. Well, it gets overwhelming, and you feel like, how do I ever, as a layperson, how do I ever deal with this? And what we do is we essentially shut down. So I realized that I needed to do something to help you have simple steps where you could, in little measurable parts, take back control of your security in ways that are easy to do and won't overwhelm you. So we're starting a new initiative at Clark.com to help you keep yourself safe, keep your privacy safe, your data safe. And so area by area, we're laser focusing And it's a continuing series because I don't want to put it all up at once. And then again, you feel overwhelmed with how you protect passwords, how you protect the cameras, how you protect uh, various phases that create vulnerabilities in your life. So the first pod or module or whatever we're calling it, we now have up and live for you. And it's a simple step-by-step how you protect the Wi-Fi network in your home. Because starting there, I thought, was the most important when we talked about this as a team. Because you want to shut off that first greatest vulnerability that gives access to all the other things we just talked about. The cameras, the video doorbells, the kid cam... Whatever it is, whatever device we're talking about, you want to make sure that before anything else happens, that as best you can, you get the Wi-Fi protected and safe. So we have the steps for you, and they go from pretty basic to pretty involved, and you'll decide how far you want to go with this, but all you do is when you go to Clark.com, you can see our new protection section, 
that rhymes. And start with the Wi-Fi, and then we will add one phase after another. You know, it really occurred to me that we needed to do this in bite-sized pieces. After I read uh, an article in the Wall Street Journal by one of their personal technology writers, and in the article, what she did was she got a professional hacker to try to break into every last thing in her home, every camera, everything. And she talks about what that journey was like and what's involved in building up defenses for each thing. And then after I read it, I was thinking, you know, the problem with this is that if we're not into tech, we just use it. All the stuff she talked about would just make you feel overwhelmed. And so I wanted it to be in pieces where you could attack each individual vulnerability one at a time instead of feeling overwhelmed by all the potential ways someone can make you paranoid in your own home with your own technology. Randy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Randy. Clark, how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you, Randy. I hope I can be of service. Well, I know you've talked about this before, but, you know, it's one of them things when you don't really need it, you don't pay much attention. But I've got a bad case of tinnitus, and I'm, I'm going to go get my ears checked. But I've been just kind of pre-looking at some of these hearing aids, and I'm just totally shocked at some of the prices on them. Well, you don't and, think hearing aids should be $6,000 for a pair? Well, I'd, I'd be happy to even see that price. I mean, I've seen as high as 8000 for a pair of them. It's just Man. Un- unbelievable what they get for something, you know, that small. I mean, I understand the smaller it gets, the more pricier it gets, but it's No, not necessarily. Unreal. I mean, this is a uniquely American problem. This doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Well, it's not like health care. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like prescription drugs are the highest in the world here. We always want to be number one, right? So we have yeah. the highest prescription drugs, the highest medical costs, the highest hearing aid costs, all these things. So uh, Congress passed a law, I think now it's been two years, that was supposed to open up hearing aids to uh, world pricing, and not much has happened yet, but I wanted to tell you some of the things that has created, and I want to mention one in particular to you that is the I hear Max, I H E A R Max. That is I H E R. Yeah, the letter I H E A R Max. The I hear Max is a fully FDA approved hearing aid that's $399. Oh, wow. And that's a good price, right? Compared to what you've that's been saying. That's a real good price. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the way it works is they have designed a hearing test that's FDA approved that you're able to do through the website. And then uh, once they figure out what you need, they can then dispense you a true FDA approved hearing aid for $399. I can live with that. So, I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to like their hearing aid. You know, a lot of people get a hearing aid and they, they don't like it. It's uncomfortable for them. But hearing aids have come a long way in terms of how small they are and how comfortable uh, many people find them. 
So there's a special web address I'm going to send you to. Um, okay. IHearMedical.com. And you'll see how it all works. Now, the other two players that have broken away from the industry and are offering hearing aids at lower prices are the two big warehouse clubs, particularly Costco Wholesale and also Sam's Club. Okay. Doing more and more with lower cost hearing aids. And generally, um, Costco and Sam's are making hearing aids available at about half the going rate. Oh, okay. So they're not going to be $399 an ear, but they're going to be a whole lot cheaper than the sticker shock that people experience elsewhere. Yes, and that, you know, that's my research I've been doing, and I just, it's it was this total sticker shock. I thought, got the price of a, a small car for a pair of hearing aids. I thought, that's a little ridiculous. So, uh, do you, are you a member of either of the warehouse clubs? I, I am a Sam's Club member. Uh, Costco, the closest one to me is like two and a half hours away, so we, we've never done the Costco. Yeah, I got that. Okay, so go by the Sam's. Uh, you know, I I think, I don't know if 100% of Sam's have a hearing aid center. So before you drive over there, why don't you make sure your Sam's has a hearing aid center. See what they've okay. got. And then look at this I Hear Medical. And what some people do is they they will buy a hearing aid the traditional way. And then the next one they'll buy from somebody like I Hear Medical. If they don't want to spend the more money somewhere else. They start with I Hear Medical, and if it works, they haven't spent a lot of money. Right. Perfect. Appreciate it. Sure. And, and like I say, I know you've I, I you talked about it before, but it was just one of the things, you know, that when you don't really need it, it goes in one ear and out the other ear, literally, and I thought, I got to call and find out. So Sam's Club has 450 of its stores with hearing aid centers. That means, I guess, you have like a 50-50 chance yours yeah. will have the hearing aid center. And, and that's the big thing. We, we travel a little bit, and I want to be able to, you know, if I if I need to get it worked on or something, I want to be able to get it worked on somewhere. I don't want to get stuck with a local guy and then got no service after that. Got it. So I just have to ask you, because uh, you sound like you're from Wisconsin or Minnesota. I am from Wisconsin, and I'm actually all plowing snow right now. That's what I was going to ask. How <laughs> How is it right now with the winter storm? Well, right now we we went from two inches of snow to freezing rain, and uh, we've been all plowing since oh, about six o'clock this morning. It's been a busy three weeks for for my guys. I I run a snowplow business, and we got eight guys working for us, and it's been an awful busy three weeks. Wow, uh, you know the closest I want to go to snow is when I go to a ski mountain. I don't blame you one bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great day and stay as warm as you can, because that sounds pretty nasty. Bob is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bob. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Bob. What's going on with you? So finally getting to the point where the wife and I say, let's cut the cord for that cable. Uh, we got another increase, and we finally said it's time to, you know, get off the bandwagon and, and get the, uh, cut the cord. So we've been looking at some of the, you know, major players, and just didn't know if there was anybody, because when you look at it, we live in Connecticut, we have a home in Vermont, and it looks like you're only allowed to have one home base. No, that's not true. Like, I use uh, YouTube TV, which is now $40 a month, 
and yeah. I, it's completely portable. I watch it anywhere I go in the country. And when you, when you, when you can't do it on your, your oh, so do you have something on, on like a, an iPad or your laptop or whatever? TV, p- tablet, yeah. laptop, phone, any of the ones oh, really? you want to do. Yeah. So as an example, if you buy a little device to add to your TV, my favorite's called a Roku. A lot of other yeah, people like the yeah. Amazon product, and you just uh, watch your TV through the Roku or the Amazon device, and they have all the various streaming services available, and it becomes, I mean, within a day, it becomes as automatic to you as using a cable or satellite remote. Oh, that's perfect, yeah, because we were looking, and, and it, it seemed like um, with some of the other major ones, it was all, you're only allowed to be at one home area. So. No, so with YouTube... Uh, you can uh, you can watch three different feeds at once. So my daughter in California can be watching one. I can be watching one. Uh, our son or other daughter or my wife, we can all be watching. Up to three of us can be watching at a time, but we have six unlimited DVRs that are virtual DVRs that you can watch from anywhere that come with the YouTube TV, but not YouTube TV is not the only choice. And we have a buying guide at Clark.com that compares all the various big streaming services and the advantages and disadvantages of each, which may well help you make a good choice. But expect okay. expect to pay somewhere. Uh, the cheapest that has real presence in the market is Sling, which is 25 a month. Right. And then uh, when you get into DirecTV Now or the Sony PlayStation one, you can end up pretty quickly getting up around 70, 80 bucks a month. Yeah, no, we had looked at we had looked at this and we just didn't figure it out that it was able to be, you know, multiple home bases. So that's perfect. So it looks like we're gonna Yeah, so you just when you go there. when you go to Vermont, you just take yeah. it you just know it it portably travels with you, completely portable nothing to it and when you're back in your home base you can watch as you wish it it really is great because it eliminates having to have two pay tv bills for people who live part year one place and part year somewhere else big savings carol's with us on the clark howard show hello carol hello sir how are you great thank you how may i serve you today i was calling um sir to ask i I'm self-employed, and I recently find myself having to fly at least once a month. These are all domestic flights for work. And I was wondering if you'd recommend if I sign up for one of those Sky Miles credit reward um, card for credit cards? And if yes, what card would you recommend? So uh, you said Sky Miles, so you're flying principally in your home market on Delta Airlines? Delta or American Airlines typically is what my choices are. All right. So I love that you said that because I only want you to look at buying um, and getting an American Advantage card or a Delta Sky Miles card or the United Mileage Plus card or the Southwest Rapid Rewards Visa card. If where you live, you're going to fly overwhelmingly only on one airline. But if you split your business or go with who is the most affordable, mm-hmm. I would recommend that you get a multi-airline card 
rather than one that is focused on only one airline. And so and- Capital One has one that people really like um, called the Venture Card. Uh, Barclays Bank has one called the um, World Arrivals MasterCard. And trying to think which other ones are general. Um, American Express has a variety of them, but the one that really is uh, gives the most benefits to somebody who's flying once a month or so has a monstrous annual fee. Okay, I, I want to avoid that. I'm looking for the most economical one that you'd recommend. So I would say look at... Um, Look at either the the venture card mm-hmm. or the the other one I mentioned, the Barclays. The, the Barclays, Barclays is I think a hundred dollars, eighty nine dollars a year. When you sign up for it, they give you, if you jump through the right hoop, seventy thousand bonus miles yes, that sir. you can then use for free travel, and they give you back double credit for every airline ticket you buy. Wonderful. Thank you. So so that one is one that has a very high satisfaction rate. And I will tell you, the 70,000 bonus miles, they put out over time different offers. Some of them will be for more points than that. I think occasionally for less. But it allows you to be a free agent going to whichever airline works best for you. Now, how often do you check a bag? Uh, typically, I'm a very light traveler. I just travel with my laptop case. Um, Perfect. Because the reason I mentioned that, one of the reasons people would go with an American Delta or United card is that usually with several of their cards, you get the added bonus of a free check bag. And if that's not important to you and not part of how you travel, don't waste your time or your money with one of their cards. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.